course, we know that addiction is a brain disease, but but we, we understand more and more that PTSD is also a brain disease, right? It's just not a, a psychological issue, right? It causes actually very distinct uh, uh, biochemical, neurophys- neurophysiological changes in the brain of certain individuals. Some people are more susceptible than others, and it's probably related to genetics and other factors. Welcome back to Let's Talk Drugs. I'm Lolly, and in our last episode, we looked at the challenges that veterans face once they return home from active duty. Not only is the adjustment to normal everyday life difficult, they may also be faced with fallout from injuries, chronic pain, and PTSD from the countless traumas that war can inflict. Coping with these difficulties is made even more difficult by the confusing systems that are there to help veterans, but are often under-supported by the U.S. government and unable to provide the extensive care that many veterans need upon returning home. If you're a veteran struggling with PTSD and addiction, you might not have any idea where to turn for help. Although the Veterans Administration, or VA, is an option, wait times can be long for appointments and many veterans live long distances from medical centers. If that's the case, where do you even start to look for treatment? You might also wonder how treatment works. What kinds of medications or therapies will be used? Will I get to be around other vets or treated by people who understand what I'm going through? What actually helps people like me get better? In this episode, we're going to continue to look at veterans and addiction. Whereas the last two episodes focused on drug use and addiction, this episode is going to explore the hopeful future for veterans, treatment. We spoke with two different people with different perspectives on this topic. One is Jay Russell, who you might remember from our previous podcast. Jay is a veteran who is recovering from PTSD. The other is Mark Kalarko, the National Medical Director for American Addiction Centers. He's worked extensively with veterans in recovery from PTSD and addiction. They both had some interesting insights into where to get help and what kinds of treatments can be effective for veterans with PTSD and substance abuse, also known as a dual diagnosis or co-occurring disorder. We'll begin with Jay. He struggled with PTSD for a long time and has experienced that sense of hopelessness that is so familiar to so many veterans, but he found a way out. He is currently a treatment consultant with American Addiction Centers and helps other veterans find recovery programs. We asked him what worked for him and what kind of resources he thought could be helpful for veterans in need. In my case, my faith helped me out, my family helped me out, my church helped me out. And that's when I started realizing there was options, even like the United Way hotline. I have lost track of how many people do not know the simple number 211 to get help for, to even find a bed that will help them out or to talk to someone. The crisis hotlines to call when you feel like you're going to hurt yourself. Um, There are so many options out there, even calling facilities like American Addiction Centers. I mean, nobody's going to get... turned away, and if I can't get them into one of my programs, I'm going to get them to somewhere where they can get help. The SAMHSA website, you can type in your zip code at findtreatment.samhsa.gov, and it'll pull up all the facilities with a 100-mile radius, and you can break it down to what you're looking for, be it Medicaid, dual diagnosis, scholarship. But most veterans aren't even in the Veterans Choice Program. Um, If they're not dishonorably discharged, they can usually get in the VA choice program simply by calling the VA and going, hey, am I in this? No, I need to register. And that opens up a whole new doorway 
I've seen the VA Choice Program pay for people go for six months to treatment and turn their life around. The Veterans Choice Program is a program offered through the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. The VA will pay for a veteran to receive care from a community provider if the VA can't provide the care the veteran needs or the nearest VA facility is too far or difficult for the veteran to get to. Those who are interested in this program should be aware that the VA published a notice in the Federal Register that it expected funding for this program to run out in mid-January 2018. It's unclear how this program will be funded in the future. Jay also talked about specific treatments that helped him with PTSD. One of the treatments that worked for me that deals with PTSD is called EMDR, the eye movement disassociation tactic. Um, or bio, even biosound chairs. Um, we use those in a lot of our facilities. The best way to describe PTSD to someone who doesn't understand it is we all get nervous when someone tailgates us. I want you to imagine you're on the highway, and the person tailgating you is so close you can't even see their headlights, but guess what? It's not a car. It's a semi-tractor trailer with a full load. No matter how fast you turn, no matter which way you go, you cannot get this thing off your tail. When you do EMDR and this association tactic, it doesn't get rid of these memories. But what it does is after a couple sessions, now that semi is a quarter mile back, but then it's a half mile back. And at some point, it may never get more than a mile back. It's always there. You're aware of it, but you're able to function again. You're able to recognize it for what it is, but it's not there where you feel you're at threat by it. During eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, or EMDR, a therapist moves their hand back and forth in front of a client's field of vision. The therapist asks the client to think about a disturbing event and track the therapist's hand. It's unclear exactly how EMDR works, but it is believed to activate the same mechanisms involved in rapid eye movement or REM sleep and help the client process the memory. The theory is that the symptoms are from the person being unable to process what happened to them. Research on EMDR is mixed. One study with 17 Vietnam veterans with PTSD found that EMDR produced modest to moderate improvements in symptoms. According to Francine Shapiro, the creator of EMDR, 24 randomized controlled trials demonstrated positive effects of EMDR in the treatment of trauma. However, a review in Scientific American found that while EMDR was more effective than no treatment or supportive listening, it was not superior to exposure treatment. In exposure therapy, a therapist helps a person face a situation that triggers a trauma or fear. The gradual exposure helps lessen the fear and helps the person learn to cope with the trauma. Support groups are another helpful resource for recovering veterans, and many of them are completely free to join and attend. Going to a PTSD support group is something that is phenomenal as well. Um, that's why our company came up with our veterans programs, is being able to talk to someone else that is going through what you're going through and dealing what you're going through takes away that fear of a stigma being or a scarlet letter being thrown on you. And all those were offered in, in our programs and also by the VA at some point, much less counselors. Support groups for PTSD are available across the country in many communities. One place you can start is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, which has a helpline and area-specific resources for people and family members who have PTSD. 
When we asked Mark from AAC what treatments he thought were most effective for treating veterans with addiction and PTSD, he shared several cutting-edge therapies that involve drugs traditionally used for other purposes. So, from this, so they've done some really interesting research, and you know, focus on the, bio, the biological model, the medical model about how you know, PTSD affects uh, you know neurotransmitter functions and things in the brain. And so, a couple of different medications are being used. Uh, one of them is called ketamine. Are you familiar with that? You mean, you, you mean like ketamine, like Special K, that kind of? No, is ketamine is a, is a prescription medication. Well, I'm not sure. Oh. It's a spe- no, it's a prescription medication. It's called ketamine. Ketamine, and you know, it, it, it seems to really help a lot of veterans who have suffer from PTSD. Now, the medicine is used, the medication is used as a sedative and has other functions outside of, uh, and so it's been experimented with. It has a short half-life, but it, it does have some significant benefit. I mean, when they, when they do studies with it, it really sh- they really show significant improvement in their PTSD. But, um, so there's something going on, obviously, from a biological standpoint There's uh, in the brain. Ketamine, a dissociative anesthetic, is an emerging treatment for PTSD. A study published in 2014 found that intravenous infusion of ketamine led to rapid reduction in PTSD symptoms, as well as reduction in depression symptoms. A study jointly funded by the Department of Defense and the Department of Veterans Affairs will further study how ketamine can help veterans who suffer from PTSD. One of the concerns with this treatment is that ketamine can be abused, and researchers aren't sure what happens to the brain with repeated injections of ketamine. Mark also mentioned another medication, modafinil, which is normally used to treat narcolepsy, shift work sleep disorder, and hypersomnia. Right. Modafinil is provigil. They're both made by the same company. Uh, amodafinil is just a newer version of it, uh, and it's called uh, Nuvigil, but they basically work very much the same way, and they have very, very much the same indications. They're used for uh, sleep shift disorder and narcolepsy. Um, and, and fighter pilots, actually, so think about these two. We don't know exactly. We understand how, how they work to some degree, but they but for narcolepsy and sleep shift disorder, but they really help. In my, in my, this is now. This is my own personal experience. I'm talking about. They've really been beneficial in helping with cognitive function, uh, energy, attention, focus, uh, and, and other and other aspects uh, of symptoms of PTSD um, when when we're treated with these. There's not much research out there on the use of modafinil for PTSD. A study published in 2016 found that it helped reduce PTSD symptoms in rats after they were exposed to a stressful experience. Though there is evidence supporting the use of these medications, Mark emphasized the importance of a combined approach to veteran recovery, therapy and medication, rather than either on its own. I mean, obviously, you still want to engage them in all the in-group and individual therapy sessions, uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, or, uh, you know, motivational interviewing, and what uh, it could be EDMR. You know, the, all those things have a place, um, and, and certain people respond really well. So those should always be there. Group therapy, individual therapy sessions, the things are extremely important for veterans coming in who, who are in recovery, uh, in a recovery program. But I think, but I think it's important to emphasize that you do need to address the underlying uh, neurochemical uh, and neurophysiological uh, uh, issues that are going on that are fundamental to to veterans. Uh, if they have, and especially if they have 
not only their, of course, we know that addiction is a brain disease, but but we, we understand that more and more that PTSD is also a brain disease, right? It's just not a, a psychological issue, right? It causes actually very distinct uh, uh, biochemical, neurophys- neurophysiological changes in the brain of certain individuals. Some people are more susceptible than others, and it's probably related to genetics and other factors. Mark then turned to the NSS2 bridge device, a new therapy that's mainly been used for opioid withdrawal. The bridge device was, was, uh, is a transcutaneous um, electronic device that, that you put on your ear, okay, and has a five-day battery. And now it was FDA-approved for chronic pain, but it was being used off-label for, uh, for withdrawal. And now, and just recently, it was approved for that by the FDA, in fact. So um, basically what it does is it, it's very, like, Star Trekking, and it's it's kind of really cool. Uh, so what you do is you you hook up this little device and you wear it like a like a hearing aid sort of bit. And then you have a little bit of wires that go, and you just they go right underneath the skin by the ear. But it seems to work. What it does, we don't know exactly how it works, but it, it sets uh, at like a like a electromagnetic field that goes into the brain, a deep brain, and it really does something. It helps people. Uh, go through withdrawal without medication, or in, a, in some instances, very they need minimal medication. So now, how would that affect other, um, you know, psychological uh, conditions like PTSD? I don't think there's any studies on that. We we couldn't say, but we do know that we we can use the, these are all part of the, what's called energy medicine. You know, where where people can have you know you know about electroconvulsive therapy and things that people use for depression. So there's things that. Yeah, this is not like that because it doesn't shock anybody. Um, it just it's it's very benign. Uh, it's, it doesn't hurt, um, but it really it, it's using a sort of a non-invasive, uh, low uh, as far as we can tell, low risk uh, way of helping people go into recovery. The NSS2 bridge device is a small nerve stimulator placed behind the ear. A battery-powered chip in the device emits electrical impulses that stimulate cranial nerves in the brain. These stimulations have been found to provide relief from withdrawal symptoms from drugs such as oxycodone and heroin. Like modafinil, there isn't much research out there on the bridge device for PTSD. But researchers are continuing to investigate new treatments for PTSD, which is notoriously difficult to treat. Another potential treatment is the use of MDMA, or ecstasy. Clinical trials have shown that ecstasy offers significant relief for PTSD patients, and last August, the FDA designated MDMA as breakthrough status for treatment of PTSD, opening the door for more trials. Mark cautions that MDMA, also known as ecstasy, and similar drugs that are typically used recreationally could potentially be problematic for people in PTSD treatment due to their effects on the brain, especially if the person has a history of addiction. The the one concern about that, though, is that uh, even if it does help them with PTSD, let's say, uh, could it, you know, anything that stimulates the, the reward center in the brain could potentially increase the risk for relapse, though, right? Yeah. So that's a concern with things like, uh, you know, MDMA, MD, any of the MDEA, any of those. Uh, and that's an, also an issue with a lot of uh, acetamine salts that are used for ADD. People come into recovery, they, if they have a diagnosis of that, you need to can really confirm it because that can actually cause, uh, promote relapse. And, and even marijuana, you know, is a gateway drug for people who have the brain disease, right? It's not for other people, but for that 10 to 50% of the population, and certainly for veterans who have the brain disease of addiction, 
It may make them, may help some of their symptoms, but it certainly can cause uh, increase the risk of relapse. MDMA and other drugs such as methylphenidate, an ADHD drug that's also been used to treat PTSD, can be abused. And there's irony in using these drugs to treat a population that has a high rate of drug and alcohol problems. It'll be really interesting to see how research develops in this area, and we look forward to a more hopeful future for our veterans. We'd like to thank Jay Russell and Mark Calarco of American Addiction Centers for talking to us about this critical issue. And to all the veterans out there who may be listening, thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for everything you've sacrificed to keep us safe. Now, we must help you. You don't have to suffer under the weight of addiction and PTSD forever. Reach out to us at 1-888-744-9945 and we will find you the best recovery program to get you the help that you deserve. Don't wait until it's too late. <laughs>